Three questions we've got to be asking. The Love Times 2 podcast starts now. Welcome to 139, the official podcast of Love Times 2. Here is your host, Mike Victor. Hey, welcome to another episode of the Love Times 2 podcast. This is the official podcast of Love Times 2, and our mission is to love every mom and every baby no matter what. And if you're a first-time listener, just stumbled across this show, then uh, welcome. Glad that you could join us. I hope that you enjoy this first episode and that uh, you'll subscribe to us on Apple Podcast so you'll never miss a future episode on this. And if you're a regular fan, welcome back. I hope you're enjoying this discussion, and really I hope that all of you, you see this as a as an ongoing discussion. You know, not just uh, a series of unrelated um, you know podcasts that we're throwing out there, but that you're seeing this as an ongoing extended thread of discussions that, in some small way, gets you thinking, gets you thinking in the direction of how we can all work together to make the world a better place for moms and babies. And it sounds so simple, it really does. But sometimes the simplest ideas in life are unfortunately the easiest to overlook so our real simple idea here is making the world a better place for moms and babies and we do that by loving every mom loving every baby no matter what well by the time this episode is posted another crazy political cycle is going to be in the books and i don't know about you but it just seemed to me like it it gets crazier and crazier in this last cycle wow i mean uh, the lack of civility the attack ads so much stuff that's just happening now it's it's just so discouraging and you know part of that has always been a part of the political world uh but you know it just seems like it's getting worse maybe it's just me but that's that's the way it seems and it's just crazy that no sooner does one political cycle end and it's in the books then another one begins and just to be honest with you that just wears me out i mean sometimes that just wears me out that you move from one nasty election cycle seems like there's a week or two where everybody kind of um just you know kind of shies away from it and then all of a sudden zoom you're you're right back to focusing on the next election cycle and my guess is a lot of you that are listening to this you're right on board with me uh, on that type of thinking and you know it just seems to me also that too many times we look at everything through the filter of the next election cycle instead of the filter of real life I mean, real life by here and now, real life. Or for that matter, even by, you know, looking at the filter of life through uh, the filter of eternity. And, you know, have you ever asked yourself what it is that you're doing today that will matter 100 years from now? I mean, have you ever really thought about that? That's a really good question that we should all be asking because, um, you know, there's a whole lot more to this life than the next election cycle. I mean, I'm just saying, there's a whole lot more to this life. In fact, the next election cycle uh, should be really down on the priority list compared to the other really big stuff of life. You know, things like love, things like family, things like friends. Uh, So anyways, I'm just saying, just wanted to kind of get that off my chest about the uh, political cycle. But speaking of questions, I think there are three questions we should all be asking about the world around us, and especially when it comes to uh, relation to our mission. The Love Times 2 mission of loving every mom and every baby, no matter what. Uh, there are just some questions, and, and I've boiled it down. There are three here I want to share with you today. Uh, so for just a few minutes in this podcast, let me throw these three questions out at you uh, for you to start thinking about. 
I mean, really, I want I want you to digest this. I want you to really be working through this in your head and uh, and thinking about um, you know the validity of these three questions. Uh, so here we go. Question number one: Do we sometimes act like the whole world is divided into two groups? Those who are for us and those who are against us. I mean, do we look at it in terms of there are two teams on the field, and um, you know, you're for us or you're against us? Um, I see this a lot. And even, you know, I catch myself thinking that way a lot of times. And, and I mean, on an issue like abortion, it just seems like uh, there's this huge assumption that in everyone's mind, it, the issue's already made up. And now it's just this, you know, this brutal political slugging match to see who wins. You know, the, the sides are drawn. It's like, you know, it's like kickball way back in the day in grade school. You know, grade school days, you remember playing kickball? If you were one of the last ones picked, it was always a bummer, that type of stuff. <laughs> well, um, in a whole different way. Um, it, it's like sometimes we look at it as if this, the teams have already been drawn, and uh, it's just a matter of who slugs it out and wins. And, and in reality, the majority of people are somewhere in the middle. And, you know, not hardcore pro-life, not hardcore pro-abortion. Uh, the majority of people are sitting there in that middle ground. And, and the big chunk of it um, is, uh, yeah, I don't know what it is, maybe 40% of people are somewhere in that middle category. They lean one way or the other, but they're in the middle ground. I mean, just about every, in fact, every single poll that I've seen done on the issue of abortion proves this out. The big chunk of the American public, anyway, is somewhere uh, in that middle ground. So if that's true, and I have no reason to think that it's not true, in my own life experience, I've seen that. I mean, as I talk to people, um, you know, there are folks that rock ribbed pro-life, folks that uh, have have no issue with abortion and uh, fully support it. I'm not going to change any of their minds. Uh, But there's that big chunk of the middle ground. And it just stands to reason that if we want to capture the hearts and minds, uh, then the middle has got to be that uh, area that we're focusing on if we're going to uh, really have an impact on the culture. And, and, you know, let's just be realistic about it. It, It's not about moving all 40% of people in the middle ground or whatever it is. I'm tossing out 40%. I don't have, you know, the latest poll in front of me, but let's just say it's 40%. The goal is not to move all 40% from the middle ground to be hardcore pro-life. That's not the goal. Um, the goal is to incrementally, slowly and steadily win hearts and minds. You know what? That may look like a 1% change. It may look like a 3%, 5%. Uh, I don't know what that is. But when you look culturally at things that have changed our culture over history, big swings in the culture never happen all at once. They happen gradually. They ha- happen steadily. Uh, and then change wins the day. Over a course of time, change wins the day. Remember the story about the tortoise and the hare? Okay, maybe no one talks about that story anymore. I don't know. Maybe that's a really bad analogy. But, you know, if you know the story of the tortoise or the hare, um, you get what I'm saying. Uh, the sides are not black and white. I mean, I, I, if, if we hope to win the culture, we need to speak to the gray with real conviction and in a meaningful way. We have to speak in such a way that those who are on the middle ground are willing to at least listen to what we're saying to them. Uh, so question number two. What are we saying to every woman who has had an abortion or to every guy that's been involved in some capacity or to parents, siblings, grandparents, friends, uh, abortion clinic workers? What are we saying to them? And, and don't just gloss over this point, because right now there are tens of millions of women 
who have had abortions and tens of millions of, of others who have been involved in some capacity. This includes uh, the guys that are out there who said, um, I'm not going to take care of you. I'm not going to take care of this baby. I'm going to drive you to the abortion clinic and I'm going to pay so that you have this abortion done. Um, I'm talking about the parents who have said to a young girl, we're not going to pay for the rest of your college unless you have this abortion or, you know, we're embarrassed of this. And so, you know, we, we can't allow the family name to be dragged through the mud. So you're going to have this abortion, whatever the case might be. Um, there, there are tens of millions uh, in America who have been involved with this. And it's so easy to just kind of forget this entire demographic when we get so locked in on just talking about this issue, like it's all about politics and all about elections and all this kind of stuff. I truly believe that the largest virtually untapped mission field in the United States is the mission field of those who have been involved with abortion in some capacity. There are programs to help women and and some to help men. I'm aware of those. I mean, I know about those. Uh, but you know what? When we're dealing with an issue of this magnitude and the numbers, uh, there's just the sheer numbers, I can just tell you the healing programs, uh, the counseling programs and so forth that are out there, they're barely on the radar screen. And I don't mean that to be uh, offensive to anybody who's um, involved with those programs because I know of quality programs that are helping men and women in the aftermath of abortion. But compared to the tens of millions who have been impacted by this, um, they don't know that these programs are even out there. I mean, I'm just telling you, they don't know that the programs are even out there. And uh, sometimes it's like, um, you know, that, that once you've had an abortion, it seems like you're no longer relevant to the discussion. And, and you know, Or there are folks that are, are eager to pick up rocks and just throw accusations and guilt at, at those that instead are need, in need of grace and healing, and instead we're throwing rocks at them with all kinds of name-calling and stuff like that. I'm just asking the question. I mean, we've got to be realistic about this. Uh, what are we saying to every woman who has had an abortion and to every guy that's been involved, and to family members that have been involved. Uh, question number three is, how are we addressing the demand side of the abortion equation? You know, there are two sides of the abortion coin, and most of the attention is normally paid to the supply side. And there's good reason for that, but it's not accurate to believe that the problem is all on the supply side. I mean, the supply side is meeting the demand side. It's true. The demand side does involve, in some cases, coercion and all types of pressure. But not every abortion is done through coercion. And there is a demand side. It is comprised, typically, of unmarried women ages 18 to 34 years old. The bulk of the demand side is right there. Single women 18 to 34 years old. So how much time, effort, and resources are we employing to speak to the demand side? I mean, I think you can see why this is such uh, a huge, important issue to grapple with. So there you go. Three questions that we've just got to be asking. Now, if you were expecting that I'm going to answer all three of these questions and say, I know the definitive answer to all of this, and here it is, uh, sorry to disappoint you, but I mean, that's part of why an organization like Love Times 2 is pulling leaders together to grapple with these questions and find key solutions. Look, we're setting out to make the world a better place for moms and babies, and if we're going to do that, we've got to ask sometimes the hard questions. We've got to grapple with these, we've got to find solutions. We've got to hang out on the solutions oriented side of all of these questions so that we can help moms choose life, make sure they get the support they need, and make sure that we're respecting the life of every child in the womb. So uh, there you go. 
three questions that we've got to be asking. Number one, do we act like the world is already divided into for or against? Number two, what are we saying to every woman who has had an abortion or every guy, family members that have been involved with an abortion decision? What are we saying to that demographic? Number three, how are we addressing the demand side of the abortion issue? The way we answer these three questions will determine what kind of place the world's going to be for moms and babies. Hey, that's it for this episode. Uh, remember, I'd like to hear your feedback on this. Join the discussion. Let me hear what you think about what we're talking about. You can contact me at contact at lovetimes2.org. Remember, it's love, the letter X, the number two, dot O-R-G. Um, hope that you're sharing this podcast with your social media network. And I hope you're subscribing to the Love Times 2 podcast on Apple Podcast. Easiest way to make sure that you never miss an episode with this. And never forget, when you change the culture, the politics will follow. This has been 139, the official podcast of Love Times 2. Join us in the journey at lovetimes2.org. That's love, the letter X, and the number 2.org. Thanks for listening.